Hey, welcome to another episode of Future Barn. We've made it to 10 episodes of Future Barn. I'm so excited. Um, 10 feels like a great number. feels like something substantial, and I couldn't be more excited uh, for this week's guest. Um, it's Morgan Jackman, um, owner of uh, Rebellious Makeup by Morgan, a great mother, a longtime friend, uh, and one of the most uh, candid uh, and honest people I know. Um, so this conversation, uh, we talk about being our best selves, but we also talk about moments we've been our worst selves. Um, and I really appreciate Morgan's willingness to go there and openness in doing so and leading us in that direction. Um, Morgan's business, um, as I've talked about on the podcast before, um, is I think a great example of a small business in this town, um, being really community focused, um, and offering something that, there's that is a unique offering in a town like this so i uh, hope if um that sort of stuff is in your wheelhouse is in your need house you'll go and uh support her business um and just keep an eye out for what she's doing but anyway thank you morgan for being here um thank you as always for creeping pink um for the great song that i use in the anchor intro or anchor introduction um yeah and thank all y'all for listening uh here's the mini tens more all right bye um here this is that natural rolling thing that we're talking about uh i'm i'm the worst at this um this podcasting thing because every time i do one i mess up i push a wrong button or i forget to put it on airplane mode and someone calls me in the middle of it. Yeah. And because I just record everything on my phone. Um, but so let's try this again. I'm here with Morgan Jackman. Hey, hey. Um, of Rebellious Makeup by Morgan, who I recommended a couple weeks ago on the interstitial number one episode of the podcast. And while if you listen to that, while I was recommending it, I realized that I don't actually know much about Morgan's business, besides the <laughs> fact that I love the way she handles herself as a businesswoman, both online and also um, in the community. Um, and so we were just talking when, we, when I fucked up the recording about um, this, this way you have of seeing a problem and then kind of using uh, your resources as a business uh, to make that happen and kind of uh to kind of solve that problem and so I've, i think i first noticed that when you i'm sure you did other things but when you when you raised money to get changing tables for the football stadium so you were yeah. just at the football, a football yeah. game yeah and i'm there with ozzy and of course i mean he's got to use the bathroom and i step into the restroom down there and i realize really quickly there is not a changing table and i'm about ready to like set on this nasty ass floor yeah, yeah. and change my baby yeah and, and it's exactly what i did you know like lay yeah. legs out mm -hmm. changing this dirty diaper and i thought to myself like why in the world are there not changing tables in here yeah like who and then i really thought about it and thought you know what probably the people that would be in charge of this don't have kids anymore yeah. they're all grown or they're dudes we probably well that or we, <laughs> or we don't have the budget for it mm -hmm. you know what i mean i i assume being what i have seen as a, a school corporation that has a lower income median and uh -huh. things like that 
that we don't get as high a budget as some other places would get. Sure. And one of the things that you may have to leave out is a changing table yeah. because you're trying to buy teacher supplies. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I can also see that it's it's just a total like oversight. Just yeah, like you wouldn't think about you need it until you need you it. Unless you are the person that needs it. Exactly. Um, and so you did a little fundraiser and got some other, who else got them? some local people got yeah we got a couple of uh seamless guttering hey hey um they donated um we had second glance um my mom and dad and then our business and then we also had one other uh, everybody is actually listed if you go to the elwood okay um, cool. school page which is really cool they started doing this anytime you make a donation to the school okay their yeah. website actually tells all the people that make these donations but yeah i mean like five or six of us kind of gathered together and said it's gonna be eight hundred dollars. How yeah. do we wanna how do we wanna do this? And I just think about I just you know, using the name of your business as a way to be like, look, it's not just like a person shouting into the void like, I'm gonna do this project. Right. But it's like you have some legitimacy to you right. because of your business. And so it holds me it, accountable is it all holds, it does. I don't wanna look like shit. You it know holds what I mean? You account, it holds company. you accountable on that end. But I think when other people are like, okay, I get on board with this. This is, you know, because it's also This isn't Sally on Elwood Citizen Sharing trying to collect money for bottle caps. Yeah, yeah. You know if, what I mean? This you, is... If you pay pal me $25, yeah, I yeah. promise I'll buy a changing table. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, not that kind of thing. And so, I was, and then recently you did the back to school thing. Can you talk about that a little bit with the... The kids, the yeah. Kids. So... I started to notice like with my sister being on the COVID task force, like there was, we were very informed about everything that was going on and how they were going to have to do these restrictions of back to school. And I already saw such a need within our community. We've talked about that as how it's a lower income community in some parts. And there are, there, there was a need I felt like for some of these kids who, if their parents couldn't find masks or couldn't afford masks uh -huh. or hand sanitizer yep. or those really hard to find items in certain areas that at least we could, we could get a small quantity of them to yeah, them. So they yeah. had that security of just going back to school a little bit prepared. Yep. And the other idea was like Starting how many, the right foot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That mm -hmm. security. I feel like when you go in and you've got all the stuff that you're supposed to have, you know, versus the kid who has to ask for a pencil the first day, mm -hmm. like that's always the worst. And so, you know, I, and, and also with the teachers connected, I think that we live in a community where our teachers are not paid I know personally now teaching at home anything that they should be paid. They should be paid <laughs> millions of dollars to watch these these children and teach them things. And how many of them have to go to the store because their kids don't have pencils or the yeah. kids don't have pens or erasers or the like fundamentals that we always complain about as parents to have to buy 30 boxes. Of, yeah. But they run out so quickly and these teachers are only getting, you know, 12, 15, $20,000 a year. Yeah, yeah. And then they have to buy all the supplies that the kids yeah. don't have because they can't get grants or they can't get uh -huh. or they don't know how to get grants or yep. things like that for the classroom. So those, you know, 70 boxes of pencils I bought in my head going into these individual kits were also 70 boxes of pencils being donated, I'd hope, to the school, essentially, yeah, for these yeah. teachers not to have to buy. So, yeah, so kind of in a way you're seeing it as a collaboration with the teachers themselves in a yeah. A dual purpose, yeah. And, yeah. These kids are safe, and now these teachers aren't spending all this money potentially yeah. out of pocket to buy well, the supplies for the kids. Well, and it's interesting, too, this year, it's like that that back-to-school list that they always send out is even longer now because it includes hand sanitizer and masks. And wipes and, wipes. yeah, yeah, and, anything that you um, can get your hands on. So, yeah, and so then you're just, you're, 
fam- yeah, especially some families here that don't have the means for those things. Yeah. You're just adding to the amount that they don't have. That they're um, already struggling. And I try to look at that empathetic factor of like, I remember being a single mom and I remember like going into my first apartment and, and thinking like, okay, how am I going to afford all of the things that I need to make sure that my kid's okay? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm blessed with this family who's like, psh, like we got you. Like yeah, yeah, you're a hard yeah, worker. Yeah. You're a good mom. Like we gotta help you. We, I've got friends. I can remember Corey yep. dropping a twenty dollar bill in my purse and not, you know, not saying yeah, yeah. anything, but yeah. you know, knowing that I needed something or filling up my fridge or you know, like. But I remember those moments of like that desperation, and I can tap into that empathy, and that's what drives so much of what I do. Is I've either been there or I know somebody that's yeah. been there, yep. and I wanna. That's amazing. Quote unquote, save the world. You know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, well, uh, I was thinking about this the other day about how you have this, I think it's a blessing of you have a, you have two kids, but they're at such an age difference and you're at such a difference in your life that you get to kind of have like two, you've had two experiences as a mom where you had like the oh, yeah. early twenties mom, like, uh, trying to figure out trying who to she figure is. It out trying to figure out a career, trying to figure it out, single mom. And then now you have, you're married and you have this a new baby and you have this business and that, and you're in, you're like, you're heading to your mid thirties. Like I got this. Yeah. And like, what an interesting, I love that. I got this. I don't have well, this. You know it's, it's, it's presents all its own, <laughs> own challenges Compa- with being a 35 year old newborn mom. But, but compared to what, like you're getting to, you're getting to have like another experience. Oh like, yeah. You're getting yeah. To have a completely different experience. I'm not going to screw this one up as bad yeah. as I probably screwed Parker up. Just trying <laughs> to figure it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> I yeah. Like, but I have, but I, I have friends who have kids that are like within a year or two apart yeah. and it's like, they're like raising two kids. Yeah. You're like, you raised a kid who's uh-huh. like now a, a teen, he's a teenager. 12. Yeah, he's, yeah, almost, he's almost there. Almost. And, and then now you're raising this other one from a seedling. Yeah. And, and now, seedling. and then, uh, he's like a chia pet. Yeah. He's like a little chia pet. <laughs> and, and so now clearly I don't have kids. So that's how I talk about kids. That's okay. They're like plants, right? Yeah. And, um, but anyway, so feed them water. So I was just, exactly. And so I was just, I was just curious about that experience and how, like you said, learning from things in the past that you've gone through as a way that you can put that back into the community or into business or however you, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. With Parker, I say it still to this day and like people don't believe me, but I was a horrible mom, like, and, and take it for what it is. Like it, it sincerely, I spent my early twenties in Kokomo where I had moved with Parker's dad. Yeah. And I had managed to weasel my way into the coolest group of people. They were a lot of people like you, you know what I mean? Oh, you can have this, well, ah, yeah, blushy blush, but this intelligent group that you can have these educated conversations with. And it's more than just like, Hey, how was your day? Yeah, it was pretty yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. And they were business owners and they were eccentric and they were, there was different ethnicities. And I had not unfortunately seen that or been exposed to that where yeah. I was in Elwood. You know what I mean? Yeah. So here I'm in this new place with all of these new people that like, like me, they like that I'm loud and outrageous and like have all these off the wall ideas. You know what I mean? Like they love that about me and I've never had anyone love that about me. You know what I mean? And so here I am meeting all of these new people and boop, I get pregnant. Oh, you know what I mean? So I'm 20. I turned 21 while I'm like eight months pregnant. And then I have, you know, I have Parker. So 
I wanted to go out and still do things. I still wanted to like, whereas Danny wanted to be at home and like be this family and mm -hmm. like have all of these, you know, like experiences together. I wanted to have those. But then on the weekends when the baby went to bed, I wanted to go party. Like yeah. I wanted to get crazy and like find myself and, and, and learn who I was and all of these things. It led to the demise of my marriage yeah. with Danny because he ended up having an affair because I was never home. Okay. I was never there to do all of those things and to be that wife to him. Yeah. I wanted to party and have a good time you know and so Parker was just this kid where when we got this divorce I still was in the midst of this I was still trying to figure myself out yeah. and thank God Tony and Jennifer Hinn swooped in and we're like da 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 we're gonna help you raise this child so he's not a, a lunatic you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. not got all of this torn up so your issues came in so and mom and dad up. you know yeah. every other weekend he's with his dad well and then on the other weekends I'd be with him until eight or nine o'clock at night and drop him off at nanny and pops and head to Kokomo party with my friends yep. get in at, you know one o'clock in the morning slip in wake up at six go okay. and get Parker Da, 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 da. But I wasn't making those like, oh my God, I remember his first everything moments. Yeah. I wasn't appreciative of them. It okay. wasn't that I wasn't making them. I didn't realize how powerful of a position I now had of like raising this human. Yeah, yeah. Like everything I did molded him. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I didn't take that into consideration. I was so drowned. Up. I was so in, in whatever. Engulfed, engulfed. yes. Yeah. There we go. Engulfed by figuring out that I had this person, uh -huh. you know what I mean? That I didn't raise Parker the way that I want to. Now that I'm 35 and I'm a business owner and like I've figured out kind of who I am, now along comes Ozzy. Yep. And I'm able to kind of go, oh man, let me show you all of this really cool stuff I've learned. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let me take you on these adventures. So I say to Parker all the time, thank you so much for growing up with me. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to grow up and be your mom and you still love me so much you're yeah, still my yeah. number one cheerleader like yeah. he's the reason rebellious happened he oh wow how so um we had i had worked for at&t for six years great job if you don't have a family absolutely okay. fantastic very mm -hmm. very good compass uh you know pay very good um it's a fun job to have but they do not value your home life to work life ratio. Yeah. You know what I mean? We were and talking about this home life to work life ratio earlier. It's so important, yep. especially with mental health issues. Yep. It is so important to be able to have that. So I'm working 60 hours a week and making all of this money, but never seeing my kid. He's calling yep. my mom, mom. He's, you know, and I'm still at this time, still want to party. And yeah, still do, yeah, yeah. You know, all these things, you know, and pulled in a lot of directions, whole different directions. And yeah. then just can't get a grasp of what I want to do and what I want to be. And so, um, I had a very large disagreement with an area manager and told him to go fuck himself in a union meeting. Okay. It did not go well for me. Um, I did not have employment there months later. Yes. Um, which left me in this position of like, oh my God, I've failed at every job I've ever had. I don't really know what I'm passionate about or what I'd be good at. Yeah. I know that... I don't like authority and I don't work well with authority. Yep. So like maybe I need to figure out something on my own or in yep. a smaller kind of a situation, you know, I had done aesthetics in the past. I'd been, I've been uh, certified for 16 years now, tried in the beginning. It got too catty, dramatic. What exactly does aesthetics mean? Aesthetics, to skincare you. therapy. Skincare therapy. Which is funny because really it's, that's what the generalized idea of what aesthetics is. But I remember clearly Judy Bird in aesthetics class and saying to her like, 
okay, here's the thing though, Judy, like I don't want to do this, this, and this, and I don't want to give pedicures <laughs> and I don't want to, I like, I just want to kind of like do makeup and yeah. maybe wax eyebrows. And she was like, honey, listen, I'm just going to tell you now. Cause she smoked like a pack of day and drank yeah. all day. Um, I'm just going to tell you now, that's not the way it works. When you work in a salon, you're doing it all, you know? And uh -huh. I'm going like, God, that sucks. Like, I don't want to be the bitch. I want to go into work and like really find things I'm good at. Have some specialization. Yeah, yeah, and just do those things. I don't want to do it all. Yeah. I just want to do these things, you know? And so aesthetics to me kind of was out, you know? I had done my thing. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. And I was talking to Corey on the phone, crying, just saying like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, uh -huh. I want to be home with Parker. I need to be his mom. But yeah. like, I have to make enough money to kind of be on my own because yeah. his dad at the time was a little sketchy. Now he's great about making sure he gets his support payments and his stuff. But I didn't know if it was just me or if it was me with his help or what it was. So I needed to make money, but I needed to be happy. Uh -huh. And Parker heard me and came in and said, mom, what are you crying about? And I said, buddy, you know, and I explained this to him and I said, you know, I just don't know what to do. And he said, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, so innocent. So yeah. stay, you know, and I said, well, honey, I want to be a makeup artist so bad. Mommy wants to do makeup and make people feel beautiful. And like, that's what I want to do. Uh -huh. I said, but I won't make enough money doing that. So we got to figure out something else. And he kind of looked at him, you know, shrugged off and walked into the other room and came back in with his piggy bank. And he gave me his piggy bank and oh, he said, goodness. you can have this. And he was like, and, and I'll help. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. And I said, okay. And so I got on Vistaprint and I printed off Rebellious Makeup by Morgan. Yeah. You know, these little cards. Yeah. And I started putting it out on Facebook. Like, hey, doing wedding makeup for like $45. So you I mean, started like, it not as like a... With like a brick and mortar place that you no, started. Oh yeah, like this was just, just jumping anybody that would take jump me. In. I could remember Kayla Ryder coming in and doing a makeup lesson in my living room at the, okay. at the apartment complex, Amazing. you know? Yeah, just like she was totally willing to like learn because I had been doing these little videos on yep. Facebook, I'd been posting all these pictures hustler. and like yeah, You're a hustler. Hustler. I'm a You're hustler. hustler. I'm not a business person. I'm a <laughs> yeah. hustler. You're like right. it comes down to hustle. Haley Crawford is the business person. Oh, Haley yeah. Crawford is the brains and operation. You know that, Jay, you know that Jay Z lyric? What? I'm not a I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, you are a business as yourself. You're a hustler. I'm the You're yeah. The business. And I hear that a lot. That like coming to you isn't just about what you do. It's the experience with you. It's about well, how you make you feel. I had it's that about urge to recommend you. <laughs> yeah, I was like. Okay. Well, she's nice to me, so she has to be nice well, to other people. She's nice to the community, <laughs> and she and like you, like we were talking about. You're you're getting plenty of business. Like people are coming to see you, and and I'm like people are always saying good things. I see people sharing posts and all that, and I'm just like, okay. Like, yeah. I'm not, so what kind? So like, right now, so you have found your like your specializations that you like to do your thing yeah. what are your things that you are doing that that are the things you have are passionate about I so know, like, tattoo, the tattooing yeah yeah that's been yeah. like a the uh, that's i what is that called i um, tattooing what permanent makeup permanent so makeup. yeah so um it started out with microblading six years ago okay. i had a person that was just like whoa this is so cool have you seen this and i was like oh man that is cool like i could <laughs> i could do that yeah and it was weird because like as much anxiety as i have like i'm a very very constantly anxious and worried person all the time sure 
it was just like, yeah, give me that blade. Let me cut somebody's face. Let me tattoo them. You know what I mean? Like, let yeah. me just permanently put something on their face. Say, I'm you in. seem to be drawn to the ones that are a little dangerous. Very. Yeah. I'm like the Dexter of aesthetics. Like, yeah. I love anything that has a, like, scalpel or a blade. Yeah, or, yeah. But I, essentially, I really just like things that are instant and make you feel good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, what are some things that you can go and, like, instantly get on? Like, nails for girls. Yeah. Or a haircut. Or, you know, yeah, things yeah. like that. Like, it's not like working out where you got to go for fucking six months. And they're like, <laughs> woo! Like, that was great. Loved yeah. all that torture. You're in and out of me in two hours max. Yeah. And you have a fully new face. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. this is like, so I would say my big specialties, what most people come to see me for are going to be um, the spray tanning. Okay. I own a really, really awesome line of spray tanning solution that I, I am getting ready to actually try to train on. I would like to travel and train people how to do the spray okay. tanning, sell my line, do something with a residual income idea for Parker so that he could be in charge of distribution when he's old enough to like oh, actually well, have a job. Cool. You know what I mean? Um, but the spray tan is really popular. We do a lot of spray tanning. Um, we do the permanent makeup. So um, our biggest one is eyebrows. We started the microblading six years ago, moved into the powder browing and the more like new agey brows that are big right now about okay. um, six months ago. We do eyeliner. Um, the goals with it are um, to do more like uh, reconstructive work so i'd like to do like areola reconstruction yeah, scar camouflation wow it's finding like a good person to teach you and like uh -huh. not waste your money because recently i dropped like four grand into a class and like okay. it was an absolute shit show yeah yeah and that's too bad yeah so you know then you have to hire somebody else to come that, in and teach you and so yeah i love this because a lot of the things that you're talking about seem to be things that have are like like you said permanent or mm -hmm. like the reconstruction of is permanent the where i think i have the misconception of some of that aesthetic work as being like things you have to have redone and you know and now um, some of them you do like with the brows and stuff like that you do come sure. in for touch-ups and stuff like that but you're not it's one of those things for a lot of people that they put on their eyebrows every single day every single day yeah. they have to get up and they spend 10 15 minutes drawing on these eyebrows or women have gotten older and they can't their hands shake or yeah. their vision has gotten so bad that they can't see it. So they know they're walking around looking like Groucho Marx. They just, <laughs> you know what I mean? They just need somebody to fix that. Yeah. And, you know, we That's wanted amazing. to give people this affordable, really like I'm two, $300 below the standard okay. for these practices. Okay. But I get to do so many of them yep. that, you know, and we live in, a, in an area where cost of living is yeah. next to nothing. That yes. for me, these things I can give back. And we, and we try to do like a couple times a year, we'll try to like take a cancer patient that, you know, is in recovery amazing. and we'll do free eyebrows for them or free eyeliner, alopecia, trichotomia, like things like that we want to bring in. That's the long-term goal of all of this uh -huh. is to make, you know, that a possibility. I would love to hire somebody underneath me that could do it full-time donation. Uh, and you know what I mean? I could pay them hourly and they could just bust out donation eyebrows all day long yeah, for yeah. patients. But realistically, we're not to that point yet. Yeah. So we have to charge, but. Yeah, but even like you said, you're affordable and you're, you do, That's why, you yeah. We still yeah. want it to be affordable because otherwise I'd feel really bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so let's, Backtrack a little, because I was mentioning when we were talking, another thing is, as your friend, I, I was in Texas kind of when all this started, like when you started the business, and so I, like, besides, like, my mom sending me photos of 
your picture in the paper and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I like wasn't around for that. So, uh, so Parker offers you, you have that moment, sweet moment with Parker. Yeah. We have this hallmarky moment. And, you, and so then you do, you spend a couple years like doing the more like DIY, like hustling get before you get to the, the brick and mortar. Well, you know, what was weird about it was that it kind of, everything was God sent and I'm not like a big, like Bible thumper God person, but I believe that there is something bigger and that if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, everything just kind of falls in sure. place. Right. So we'll call it God, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, Kokomo, I'm in Kokomo and yeah. there's a lady spray tanning there. Right. And she says, yeah, come on in. I assume we were drunk one night, probably at the social. <laughs> yeah. You should come and wax at my place. You have a license, right? And, Thank God my mother had kept this license up. That's the funniest part of all of it. It's like my aesthetics license probably would have expired six times if Jennifer Hinn hadn't gone in and went. Wow. Click, pay, Good like job, just Mom. to make sure that she's got it. I always wanted to have a backup career, whatever. Good job, Mom. Thank God. Yes. Thank you, Jennifer Hinn. Um, but she, um, because she had done that, I was still able to do like eyebrow waxing and makeup and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm set up and I'm talking like a closet. I'm in a closet with a dresser. <laughs> And I am waxing. I bought my little wax kit. And I'm like back into it. And I'm starting to book weddings and this and that and the other. And in comes Amy Payne. Uh-huh. Uh, one of my best buddies, Fryer, is dating this girl who's this phenomenal photographer. And we, we have built this friendship, right? Three months in, she says, hey, so I'm doing the cover of Wedding Day Magazine. Do you want to do the makeup? And I'm like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I get my first magazine cover. Wow. Three months into this, right? Yeah. And then she starts saying, hey, you want to come to shows with me? And I'll recommend you for like boudoir sh- sh- uh, shoots and, yeah. and weddings and stuff like that. And you can help me at these wedding shows, Excellent. like pass out stuff. So yeah. boom, you know, God drops this, drops Amy. And I start yeah. doing this. And then the next thing I know, uh, the lady that's doing the spray tanning, you know, I'm starting to pick up business there. Now I'm doing waxing and people are hearing about me for makeup for prom and da-da. So now I'm doing prom and now I'm doing a couple more weddings and I'm uh-huh. going, I could do this. I've still got a couple more months of unemployment. Like my bills are paid. Yeah, yeah. I can, you know, I can figure that I can do this. I can start this small business, right? And so um, in in walks Amber Boston, Amber Loy. Yep. The Loys have been my parents' best friends forever. Uh-huh. And Amber had Cloud Nine, and it was operating over there on Main before yep. she moved downtown. And um, I said, I want a spray tan. So I talked to the lady that's there in Kokomo, and she's not willing to sell me her business because so, she's ready to get out. She won't sell it to me, though. She wants me to work there. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to work for somebody. And so I go to my dad, and I said, Dad, I need you to give me a couple grand <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I want to start this spray tan business and he thinks I'm nuts. Right. So yeah. he goes, Oh, okay. You know? So I said, I'll buy the solution. If you'll buy the equipment for me and let me practice Hell sis, I've got a car gun, a car paint gun <laughs> out in the garage. Let's set something up. You get this solution and I'll have you paint mom. Right, so poor Jennifer Hinn all winter. Wait, no, really? You Swear used to God, car, you car used... paint gun. Yes, I learned how to spray tan on a car paint gun. <laughs> when, I, when I say on I fucking mom. hustled, on I'm like, mom. oh yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like hardcore hustling, right? So I'm like, poor Jennifer is out here, and we go through like, how'd it look? T- well, the, the first, first 
seven or eight, horrible. First seven or eight, no, only horrible because of the color. I swear to God, I have this instinctual ability to watch a YouTube video and my hand follows it. Yeah, I yeah. just was able to airbrush instantly. But just getting the color right. Yeah, or, just finding yeah. a solution that was worthy of, because we've all, we all know that when you hear spray tan, what's the first thing you think? Donald Trump. Donald Trump, thank you, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I Instagrammed him, private messaged him, and told him I'd send him my solution if he quit using whatever he was using. I surprisingly did not get a response back. Weird. Um, I but, would not. I would. Most of my friends, if they collaborated in some way with Donald Trump, I would not be too happy. But if you became like Donald Trump's spray tan person, yeah, I mean, I'd be pretty stoked. Yeah, I would. I'd be pretty stoked. Yeah, for you. Air Force One right over. It would over. get weird. Uh, pretty quick, probably, but it would be really great. Uh, yeah. Well, um, I mean, you're used to it, so yeah, it's, it, it is I guess what it so. is. Yeah, I'm sure. You're See, used to yeah, it. once you've waxed a butthole, nothing <laughs> bothers you. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's gonna be the tagline for this ep episode. Yeah. yeah. Once, once you've tagged a, yeah, once, once you've waxed, waxed a butthole, butt nothing is weird. Oh man. <laughs> Which actually, I got called the butthole girl one time from another girl that came in and was like, "Oh, I told my friend like she was so nervous about getting naked," and I was like, "Oh my God, she's seen buttholes," and I'm like, "Oh God, please don't use that." It's like. <laughs> How you tell people about me? I'm the butthole girl. Oh my goodness. But anyways, uh, so, anyway, so yes. you're spray tanning your mom. So I'm spray tanning this poor woman in the garage with an air paint gun from a car. And I finally land on this formula out of California. And uh -huh. it is just freaking beautiful. I tan her once, it stays tan. I tan her again another week, it How stays long tan. A spray tan usually last, like five to seven days. Most people are getting it as like, oh, I wanted to look good for the weekend or this or that or a wedding or a wedding whatever. Or, yeah, yeah. But I have a lot of people, I would say probably about 15 to 20 that come every weekend that just keep it consistently versus being in a tanning bed. It's okay. a safe option. It looks good. It stays well, you know? And so I'm spray tanning mom. We find this formula and my dad's like, okay, sis. So he buys me this airbrush gun and he buys me this, you know, he makes me this freaking badass like tanning thing that's like got exhaust fans in yeah. it, lights attached to it. I mean, just awesome, right? Wow. And I call up Amber and I, they're the best. They're the best. They're the best. They're really cool. So I call them up and I call Amber and I was just like, hey, can I rent a room from you? Like, I'm going to yeah. do this spray tanning. I'm going to do this waxing. I'm going to, you know, um, and yeah, she totally jumped on board and we started this, you know, essentially a kind of private brick and mortar for myself. But, yeah. um, and we did that for three years. Um, and at the same time I had actually in my brain, I don't know, it worked again, God, it, it worked, but uh. I had called a salon in Kokomo and JB Shelton at Detour and Anderson had contacted uh -huh. me and said, would you want to work here too? Yeah. So I'm working one day a week in Kokomo, two days a week in Elwood, okay. and one day a week in Anderson. Okay. And just trying to build clientele in every direction that yeah. I can. Anybody that will let me put a foot in, I'm throwing a leg in yeah. and just saying, you know, like rent to me a room for a couple Hustler. of days. Let me have this. Hustler. Hustle. I'm trying to, I'm just hustle. trying to make this work because I'm thinking to myself, you know, yeah, I'm sleeping with my appointment book right now and I'm working literally seven days a week because you could have called me at two o'clock in the morning drunk and been like, I want to spray tan. I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm on my way. <laughs> yes. 20 bucks. Woo. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I even tried, oh my God, do you want to talk about hustling? I even tried to remember how to do Brazilians at one point because everyone was telling me like, you can make like 75 bucks in 15 minutes if you get really fast at yep. it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in, I don't care. And so I remember calling one of my girlfriends and being like, hey, 
come to the shop, let me give you a Brazilian for free. Like I'm trying to figure this all out. And by the end of it, I would have sworn that I ripped her vagina lips off about three times. <laughs> like I, at one point she like tried to grab her kid, which I don't even know why she brought her kid. He yeah, broke what? my cell phone. Oh, that kid is she, traumatized. Yeah, she tried to grab him and like stuck her legs together and like she was like glued together. I mean, it was a nightmare. You know what I mean? So just trial so and error, this at, whole yeah, thing. Okay. I'm hustling through trial and error even. You're fearless. Fearless for her. I, yeah, traumatized, all, both but, of us. But still doing a lot. All You're just talking about blades and wax and all this stuff and tattoo guns. And I'm just thinking, like, I don't have the balls to, um, to like, do, do those sort of things on a person. And you're, like, learning on the go with, the, like, you're not afraid yeah. to learn how to do that. Now, and um, I, I'm afraid every time. I... Let this be known. I every single time someone comes in and says, "Hey, will you tattoo my face?" I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Let's do it." You know what I mean? Because I yeah. know I'm skilled enough to know that. Like, I it's like my chiropractor said. I yeah. went to John Lewis. He's great. He's in Cicero. Yeah, I know that guy. Love that guy. Yeah. And I'm like, "Hey, John, like." How did you learn to do what you do with confidence? And he was like, well, when I was a little boy, my dad would take me out back and he'd be like, hey, this is how you change a tire. Yeah. And I'd watch him change the tire and then I'd change the tire. And if I did it wrong, he'd smack me with a stick and show <laughs> me how to do it again. And eventually I didn't want to get hit by a stick. That's me with being poor. I don't want to ever be poor again. Yeah. So that's my stick. Like, I don't ever want wow. to let somebody else tell me you have to come in from 7 a.m. today until 7 p.m. and deal with people that will call you a bitch and spit in your face like I did at AT&T. Yeah. Like, I now want to go into work and be like, hell yeah, this is cool. So I have things that I have to overcome, which yep. is the fear every single day of tattooing somebody's face or, you know, uh, microblade or dermaplaning somebody's face with a scalpel and they start to try to talk while I'm at their jugular. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. Every single, you go in with that fear, but it's that fear that you have to have to be good at what you do. Because if you're not scared yeah, of it, that. you're not going to, you know what I mean? You're not going to yeah. be cautious and you're not going to want to learn more and you're not going to want to like. It's where the hustle starts to like even out and the skill comes in, right? Exactly. The, yeah. Yeah. At this point, I'm no longer gluing people's vaginas together because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm yeah, now yeah, yeah. microblading people's faces that are coming from four hours away. It's scary, but it you done. know you can do it. I know I can do it. Yeah. I still am not going to wax a vagina because I know I can't physically do it. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Yeah. It sounds so, like, you, yeah, it sounds like that maybe isn't your calling. No. Not my calling um, at all. But so so then, what year did you did you move into the shop with? Three years ago, we just celebrated three years last. Just week. celebrated three years. So what was that like? What was fine? I mean that that spot seems pretty. As far as Elwood spot seems pretty perfect. It's the best because the location, the size of the shop itself. Yeah, seems about right. Yeah. Um, we've already talked about affordability in Elwood. So, but. So did you look at other spaces or did you know that kind of from the beginning that that was a place? Again, 100% uh, the quote unquote God work, right? So funny story about yeah, it. Yeah. So everything about this is hilarious. Well, that's why I want to talk to you. Yeah. Everything about the making of Rebellious that's is hilarious. Um, so I'm at Cloud9. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that I'm outgrowing the space. I've noticed that I'm outgrowing... Um, just because I was having to rent one room full time and then rent another room every time I would do a microblade, right? Uh -huh. So it became inconvenient almost for everybody, essentially. 
Um, and so I start looking around and I go to the chamber and I'm just like, hey, listen, any buildings you can think of that are like for rent, affordable, that I can get into so that I can kind of just start really going at this full force whenever I want to. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, she was like, oh, this property. And well, maybe that one over there on Main, you know, that, that little corner building. And I was like, oh, yeah, Love's Flower Shop. That's what I always yeah, think. It's Love's Flower Shop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, nah, the guy that owns it, like, you know, nice guy, older guy, but sometimes he's hard to get a hold of. Uh-huh. Okay. So he gives me his phone number. I call him, you know, and I'm like, uh, hey, my name's Morgan. I've got this like whole speech that I've made in my head. Like, you're going to make my dreams come true. And, um, and please give me a call. I'd love to take a look at the property. Right. And nothing ghosts ghosts me for like two weeks and at this point i'm like oh my god it's not gonna happen like this is horrible da, 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 da. yeah so i'm in anderson giving a spray tan to lisa um wit camper uh is her maiden name um and uh i she's talking to me about you know like what do you want to do with this business because i i do a makeup class with the 4-h queens every single year oh, you do? and sure. I do their like their stage makeup tutorials. Nice. So like they have like how to walk, how to sit, how to, how to do your makeup for stage. And yeah. like, I'm the sponsor for the makeup Amazing. for the pageant. So Lisa is there and she's getting her spray tan for the pageant. We're talking and she's like, girl, you've got to grow this. What are you trying to do with it? And, da, 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 da. and I was like, well, said I made a phone call to, you know, this guy that has a property in Elwood. He's kind of being an asshole. Like, he won't call me back and this, that, and the other. And she's like, well, what property? And I was like, over oh, there at 1500 Main. She's like, oh, that's my brother. I'll call him. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> like my heart falls in my asshole, right? I'm like, oh my God. Oh yeah. my God. I yeah. fucked this one up. Not getting that place right. No, but it sounds like she knew. She's like, oh, oh yeah. That's she's my, like, yeah, oh, that's, that's my, my brother. brother. You know, yeah. yeah, but he didn't call you. So next day, phone rings. Number I don't know. I answer. Hello, this is Morgan with Rebellious Makeup. Hey, this is the asshole that owns that building up there on, on Main. And I'm like, oh my God, hi. <laughs> um, like, he's like, you know, my sister told me you're trying to get a hold of me. Sorry, I'm a farmer. And I've been da 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 yeah. I apologize. You know, it's not, whatever. It's not a big thing for me, that property. It's just something our family owns. Yada, yeah. yada, yada. So he's like, where are you at right now? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm at my current building. Oh, okay, well, I'll come up there and talk to you for a second. So he gets up there and he's like, like, this is hard to get up to. Like, it's upstairs, and yeah, it's, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like this little tiny little area, right? And he's like, yeah, I can see why you want it. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, so why don't you come over tonight? Well, well you can take a look at it, see if it's the size that yeah. you want and everything. Because you look at the building on the outside, and you think, oh, it's pretty small, right? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty small. You get inside of it, wow. Like, there are room after room. I mean, it just yeah. unfolds. And so we go in there. I'm like, I love it. I'm crying, just like, you know, like, I'm a single mom. This is, this could make my dreams come true. You know, like yeah. I, this could be everything for me. Like you could be making this dream for my son and I, and uh, he's like, Oh, okay. You know, gives me a hell of a deal on it. Tells me eventually, you know, maybe we'll charge more depending on how the business does. And if he ever wants to sell it and things like that. And we go into this brick and mortar and amazing. Yeah. And a couple of, you know, weeks later I meet Scott who, yep. you know, comes in and redoes the floors now, for now me. Your and like, now my husband. Yeah. Um, and redoes the floors with his dad for me and my dad. And they help paint and they help redecorate. And they, like, make this, like, a little, you know, this 
dreamy kind of play to me now yeah. i look at it as now i've been in it three years and it looks like a 70s porn set because it's got these like <laughs> wooden walls and like red brick floors and like now i'm going like oh you, you know i need to get something bigger or something yep. this that and the other i love to paint the walls and i like whatever yep. but yeah. at the time yeah oh my god this is my barbie well, dream so you house. just got a new sign just got oh mom and dad tony and jennifer Hen, shout out, out. they bought it year anniversary present. yeah they bought it for me they uh I had been looking around and searching around for pricing on them and stumbled into a guy with uh, Vicki Warner over there at Tipton yeah. Chamber of Commerce. She yep. had said, hey, I got a guy. He's great. And my dad called him and did his Tony Hen hustle. I don't, I, that's where I get it from. Did his Tony Hen yep. hustle. And a couple weeks later called me and said, hey, why don't you ride up to the shop real fast? And I got him a moped, my 81 Honda. I <laughs> saw your moped. Yeah. Love that sucker. Saved by the bell. It's actually the exact same one that Zach Morris rides on Saved by the Bell. You got some Zach Morris in you. I got some Zach Morris. And uh, yeah, and there it was. Called him crying. Thank you. Amazing. Whole thing. So. Yeah, it looks good. Um, Well, yeah, three years. That's amazing. It's cool. It's really, uh, I I joke about it, but I have failed at everything that I've ever done in my life until Parker Johns and Rebellious Makeup by Morgan. Yeah. You know what I mean? He yeah. was the first thing that I ever, and even in the beginning, I didn't succeed. Yeah, in the yeah. beginning, I was like a failure said, piece of yeah. shit. But like now looking at him, he was the only thing that like, I was like, I can't fail this. Like I have to be good at this. I have to like be a good mom. And yeah. That's rebellious. Like it's the first thing that I'm like, oh, I got fired from Hooters. I got fired. How do you get hired from fired fucking Hooters? <laughs> you did. I did. Uh, underage consumption. That's what, at the bar that they own next door. And I was like, no, I don't work at Hooters. They're like, I'm your boss. I can fucking see you. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, that didn't last long. But ATT, you know what I mean? Like yeah, all yeah. of these things. And Rebellious gave me the identity I'd been searching for forever. It uh-huh. gave me who I wanted to be in a platform. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing how that has all come together. Um, and I was thinking about that, what you're saying, that work li- that work life, home life thing. Ratio, yeah. Ratio. Um, so what does that look like for you these days? Because you, well, you kind of have achieved it. I've you achieved it. You were looking it. for it, and you've achieved it. I've achieved so, the American dream. Like, so, <laughs> <laughs> the American Owen dream belongs to me. Owen dr- the Owen Indiana American dream. That's your um, title. Oh, my the God. The Owen American Indiana dream. Um, Morgan I, Jackman. I, I, I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm on my own track for that as well. <laughs> yeah, you're living track. it. But, um, as we're setting out in a badass garage with our drum set and ping pong table, yeah, you're right? not living it? <laughs> yeah, in, in the house that was given to me by my late grandfather. Same. Um, thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think when he gave me this house, he realized that I would be making like weird podcasts Pod- in, the, in the garage. Okay, so this is reverse. I don't know if this is... I've listened, but I haven't heard it yet coming from the other side. But yeah. at some point in time, I have to podcast you. You have oh. to tell me what all of this is like because, like, you're a rarity among El- Elwood. You know well, what I mean? You. Like, you're yeah. you're a very eccentric, and I mean that in a great no, way. No, I'm very eccentric. Very eccentric individual where you're like, hey, guys, so let's talk about weird shit. Like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And everybody's no. like, fuck yeah, gob, let's I do th- it. I think it might not make I, – I kind of – it's a long ways off because I just started this thing, like, two months ago. But for I think for the – maybe for like the year or maybe six months or something, I was going to do that where I ask former guests to come 
and they yeah. can interview me. Oh yeah, I um, want every piece of that. I have so, so many you, questions in that brain. You'll be great for that, um, for sure. So we'll definitely do that. But I was, so you've achieved this. You've achieved this uh, work life, home life balance. So what does that, what does that look like for you? And and especially you mentioned mental health, and we both are very outspoken about our struggles with mental illness. Um, what does that look? Yeah, what does that look like for you now in, in, in achieving that? So, uh, I am diagnosed borderline personality disorder. Okay. Uh, I suffer from depression and anxiety. Uh huh. Beautiful traits. Yeah. Um, actually, I love everything about all of my disorders. Yeah. Um, I think they make me exactly who I am and sure. why I am like, yeah, I may be like the psychopath sitting at the coffee shop crying about like a dolphin movie, but like that's also <laughs> what pushes me to go and buy all these masks for people, right? And do all yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So a home life for exactly. me, uh, like you said earlier, I've got a 12 year old and I've got a one year old. So like that in itself has me wearing a lot of hats with yep. just that relationship. Then you add on to it that this year we decided to keep Parker home um, for e-learning. Yep. Whoop, whoop, Parker John, straight A pluses right now in school. There He's you go. killing the game. Um, but that's another hat that I've added at home. On top of being a wife and on top of being, you know, like a housekeeper and on top of being a business owner and, you know, all of these things. So at home, as much as I want it to be a relaxing place during the week, it is a very go, go, go constantly. I have Monday, Tuesdays off and those are usually spent like running Ozzy had surgery on his ears. So like he has, he had tubes and stuff like that put in. So like. He, um, doctor's appointments for him and his wellness checks and his this, yep. that, and the other. So I'm always making like a hair appointment or a doctor's Monday, appointment. Tuesday, or a, yep. Those are my Monday, Tuesdays. I try to slip in like a little social time or like call a girlfriend to be like, hey, or my mother-in-law. I have the best mother-in-law. We spend a lot of time together yeah. like with the kids and stuff. So we'll try to go to the splash pad or we'll try to go pick up flowers cool. or cool. Just, just something. Um, then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm at the shop. Yeah. So, and those can range anywhere from a five hour day to a 12, 13 hour day. So it depends on what all I've put into that area, what all I, you know. Time of the year, probably like prom, I'm sure. Had COVID, not killed it. Prom is psychotic. Yeah. Uh, You've got your wedding seasons that are absolutely insane. Um, Spring breaks, your Labor Day weekends, your special occasions going on. We get a lot of weddings, local weddings. So either I'll do the makeup for the wedding or, and or I'm doing the spray tan or the eyelashes or the, so we're really busy on the Wednesday to Friday kind of a thing. Um, And then Saturdays, uh, last year we did like 27 weddings. This year we've only done eight just because of COVID and I didn't really push it or advertise it. So I leave my Saturdays open for weddings. Okay. Um, but when there's not a wedding going on, we usually like to pack up and try to travel somewhere yeah. or go do something or, you know, spend the weekend with a friend or we, we try to make our yeah, weekends. Yeah, you guys are very active. As a family, I've always admired that too. People who take their kids, because it is hard to take your kids camping or to take your kids kayaking especially a one-year-old oh who burnt himself second degree burns this weekend (laughs) but but (laughs) but what i always try to tell and again not a parent but have worked with kids i always try to tell my friends who like yes it's hard but if you don't do it now it's going to be a lot harder later oh yeah like because if a kid doesn't know how to like go camping at one doesn't go camping at one 
it, they're not going to do it at six, and it's going to look a lot weirder because they're going to be six. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot harder. Yeah. Now they're dickheads in nature. Yeah. You know right? what I mean? And or yeah, or like if you if they've never been to a restaurant and all of a sudden they're eight years old and you're like, we're going to a restaurant. It's like they have no idea how to act in a restaurant. Yeah. So start them out. Well, they're just like your little reasonable expectations. Your friends, they're your little friends. I yes. mean, they won't drink with you or anything, but. <laughs> You know what I mean? Lame. Like they're yeah, super <laughs> lame kids. They shit themselves and don't drink. Uh, but they're you know, I was very big about that with Parker too. Like we traveled everywhere together. Yeah. Like we were, I was constantly. He was always an adult atmospheres yeah. not in like dangerous adult atmospheres like but he was always when we had friends over like he was in the living room with us and he was you know we didn't yeah, try to I hide him that. away or we yeah. didn't try to you know the, the, a quiet kid is a good kid like we wanted him to interact with adults and we wanted him to see what that was like so that now when we go out in public people are constantly like oh my god your kid is like the coolest like yeah. I'll, he'll come to work with me sometimes yeah, and he'll, he'll set little, in the lobby and like man, yeah. talk to yeah he'll yeah, talk yeah. to clients and he'll you know like he's a, a, and the same with Ozzy. You know, we try to take yeah. him everywhere possible. COVID has made it harder because you're a piece of shit if you take your kid to the grocery store yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Trying like, to get a little mask on him. Yeah, no, <laughs> not going to happen. The kids, he's a tiny terror when it comes to those kind of yeah, things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I feel like that's super important. And I hate when I see parents that are like on all of the, what I did when I was 21, trying to go and do all of these things without their kid. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and, I, I and they deserve that. Yeah. I can remember thinking like my parents. Another funny story. I remember thinking my parents were the shit growing up because they would take us a lot of places. Yeah, me really, too. it was just the rallies were in town, <laughs> and they were making sure that we weren't around them. So like they would take us out of town, and be like, "Oh, oh there's is, a rally on a Friday." That is hilarious. Yeah, it would be like I didn't have. I had no idea too until I got older, and then I was like, "Shit, you know what? Like for being a person from Elwood, I never even educationally." Yeah. knew a rally existed because my parents were a so open-minded to the idea that like you know that wasn't ever ever would cross their mind and, to be a part of and that he, and here but, of course we're talking about a kkk rally and not the cool um rally's fast food restaurant oh um, yeah no we're not about, curly fries we're about, no we're talking no. about kkk uh well oddly enough um i have a memory of that where um a friend of mine when we were a kid we were like seven or something, and we lived, um, we lived on South, not far from you, but we lived on South B, down four houses down from that hospital. And I was like seven or eight, and my friend and I kept hearing the parents talk about this thing going on at the courthouse. Yeah. And we were, and we'd ask, and they'd like hush us up. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I thought it was something cool. Right. Oh yeah. So I. So we made this plan, this like eight-year-old, seven, eight-year-old plan to, we talk, my mom would let us go down to the laundromat down the road and get Reese's Cups. Yeah. So I, I said, I'm going with Ryan to go to the, and we just booked it on our bikes over to the courthouse. Yeah. And we got there and it was this KKK rally and we were like, <gasps> what? And like, we didn't understand what yeah. anybody was saying, yeah. but you can just catch a vibe. Yeah. And I, I remember going home crying Yeah. and I, I lied to my mom and said that someone uh, had beat us up and took our money. Cause she's like, where's your Reese cups? And where's your Dr. Pepper? And I was like, and I was crying. I was like, someone beat us up and took it. And, but really I had freaked out at a KKK rally. Um, which is an experience very few people can have at eight years old, or however old I was. Um, That's awesome. And 
Yo, well, and the thing is, the friend is Ryan Burnett, who's yeah. tragically passed, passed away. Passed away, absolutely. And so I live alone with that memory because he was with he was the he friend was that the was friend. with me. And so now I live alone with this memory because uh, I sometimes want to fact check it, like Did timing that, and like is that happened, exactly right? how it went down, but. <laughs> Um, in my head it did, so that's good enough. Um, that's why I have Corey. That's why I keep her so close because a, I have no idea what happened friend. from like eight to 34. So like, yeah. <laughs> I just ask her shit and she's like, oh yeah, you did that. I'm like, no shit. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, that's funny. Um, yeah, I'm that way too. Or I, I'm so thankful for these like long relationships. Um, but anyways, uh, probably wrap up soon, but I was, the one thing I did want to talk to you about is. I'm interested in how this uh, e-learning stuff is going with Parker and with just like as a parent during the time of COVID. How yeah, you mentioned like not being able to take Aussie to the grocery store. You mentioned you know we talked about all the mass stuff and e-learn like uh, yeah. Does it seem to be going well? Like well, and how's is the school still doing their regular plan where some people are going, they got to opt in, right? They got to opt in, which was nice. You got to pick and choose what you wanted to do. So ours was, my decision was made from day one, um, but it was Parker's decision at the end of the day, Yeah. which sounds kind of like, oh, nice parenting lady, leave it up to your kid. But at the same time, like Parker has struggled with being bullied in the past and causing emotional issues for him. Uh-huh. And so I feel like, um, it was important for him to understand like the wide spectrum of like what going meant. Like you get to see your friends, you get to do this, but it also means that you can't be with Danny and Poppy. It means that you can't like do this and this and this, like Uh mom, potentially if you get quarantined, I have to shut my business down for two weeks. Like here are, here's the pros and cons of going, you know what I mean? And I think at first well, he was... it's really good to talk through that. Like, oh, yeah. Like, it's good yeah. decision-making practice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think treating your kids like adults is the best thing that you can do for them because yeah. they're going to be. Like, I don't know if Even you guys know how that reason. works, but yeah. yeah. yeah they... One day, those are the people that we release to the world. So, like, yeah. you have to get them, like, thinking the right way. Yeah. Um, and he... he ch- it was very apparent when I said, you know, he can't see Nanny and Poppy, which he stays there every Wednesday, Thursday. Uh... It was, eh, okay, I don't need to go to school. And he was nervous. I was nervous. I didn't know what it looked like. But I also, in my head, one of the big reasons for doing it that way was I thought, you know, what happens if flu season hits and they shut the schools down? Now we're in the middle of a semester, in the middle of mathematics, in the middle of like all of these big things. Seventh grade year is a big deal. You're like learning the big boy stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're in the middle of that. And now also trying to figure out how to do e-learning, creating a new schedule for it, doing the, like, what does it look like? How is it going to be? I know now. So if my kid, if the numbers stay down and he wants to go to school next semester, okay, cool. Like I know that you know the precautions you have to take and I know, you know, but online looks a lot like I've been told an online college class. Yeah. Very, very much like it. Um, It's pretty sophisticated. It's pretty well done and sophisticated for. For a seventh grader. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, because I was like, and also like, I know how Elwood can be. Uh And I was like, so is it going to be like. Uh, so, some nuts and bolts missing. <laughs> is it gonna like? Is well, it, there is. It? is okay. Unfortunately, okay. you know what I mean. And but for good reason. This is the first time we're doing this at this all. This is practice. This yeah. is yeah. yeah. And I hate that our children are a generation of practice. Yeah. But I also we did I did a um, article with the Herald Bulletin um, uh-huh. last week, and they asked these same questions like, "What does okay. e-learning look to you? Like, what are these things like for you and for Parker essentially?" And I said, you know. The thing about it is, if you are committed to your child passing, your child will pass. 
If yeah. you are committed, if that means that you have to put that hat on and I have to like, we have a couple of classes where you can tell that the teachers are overwhelmed already with what they're teaching in class uh-huh. and they're struggling to be able to give the proper material and the proper education to the online yeah, students. Yeah, it's like a really tough balance. As a Super teacher. tough balance. Yeah. And so I am the kind of person that's like the empathetic that's like, I understand this is hard for you. So you can pick up some of that slack. I can pick up some of that slack to an extent, though, because I'm still paying for a public education and I still expect (laughs) for a teacher to teach my kid. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to let my kid fall behind because I don't know how to subtract equations. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, um, but I stay very open in communications with the school, which, you know, Parker was the first kid to utilize the one-on-one tutoring classroom. In the okay. school. He has Ashley Bond's email in his emails. He knows her phone number. If he has a problem, the biggest thing that we took away from all of this is that Parker now is an independent learner. That's great. Parker knows how to Google something if he can't find it. He knows how to find a YouTube video on it to learn it. He knows how to look for resources where in school, I feel like they're just saying like, here's your resource. Here's your resource. And it's only wow. the resource we're allowed to teach you. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, man, come here. Let you me teach you some, some cool, shit. Like cool. we're going to, I'm going to teach you some shit. Like, yeah. come on, let's do this. <laughs> and like, I can take him on field trips. He can't take field trips in school. They don't allow field trips right now. Yeah. They can't go out to recess. My kid can go out and swim in our swimming pool. Yeah. He can't, he has school lunch. Now let's go get sushi and Anderson. You take your, you know, computer with you and we'll get some shit done. Cause Ozzy has an appointment. I need you to stay in the car. I got to run into the appointment do your homework. When I come out, we're going to run and grab sushi. And then I got to go to my hair appointment and you're yeah, going to set yeah, out in the yeah. car with Ozzy and you're going to do your homework. And if he becomes a problem, you're going to call me. And I'm going to, you know, it's, it's just this, we found this little crazy as it is routine. Yeah that you have to make work for you. You well, know, you have like, to make it work. Yeah. Sounds like learning has has become a big part. Like he's learning a he's lot. He's learning finally. And it might not just be like brainwashed like material said, the, that he has the to. resources, but it's learning. What's well, interesting. Um, yeah, and I I think about that. Well, yeah, it might for those like for college classes, like if it resembles a college class and it's and it's asking you to make a lot of those decisions in that same way and find those resources. It's it's just extra prep for he's that, that. he's a step ahead he's for a, yeah. when he goes off to college. And he's even and he's said capable. himself he's, he's capable. capable. He's Whereas capable of doing that. honestly, I didn't know that he was. And it's yeah. been a real beautiful thing to watch That's this great. kid blossom That's into great. this intelligent person who can figure out. You know, now he may not be able to still get the fucking clothes in the hamper, but. <laughs> He can find out what a political map is. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So it is cool. It's cool to watch him grow in it as well. That is amazing. Uh, That is a great thing. Well, we're kind of wrapping up, but speaking of growing, things growing, uh, the last thing, as you know, since you listened to it, thank you, um, I always ask, what's something you hope for Elwood uh, in in the future, in the next five, ten years? What's something that you think? Because this podcast is kind of about, you know, being exploring ways to be a better person by talking to people who I think are good people oh. and 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 seeing how they do it. Jerry Seinfeld has this joke uh, where he's like, I don't know what, in the grocery store, I don't know what uh, I'm doing, so I just look at other people's cart and like, you look healthy, I'll eat that. Yeah. Like, And so I'm kind of like that with life where I'm like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing, but you look like you kind of have your shit together, so I'll just do some of the stuff you're doing. And um, in certain ways, you know, and so, and learning, the, and so... Uh, that's kind of what this is about, this podcast in general. So I'm just wondering, uh, what's something you wish for Elwood 
that that could um, help Elwoodians be their best selves? Um, it could be anything. My focus in Elwood will always and has always been the youth. Uh-huh. I believe that we grew up, and I'm going to tap in on a Heather thing. I We grew up in the Cove. We grew up yep. in a place where you had something to do. Yep. You either went to the roller rink or you went to the Cove or you went, the like, you had rink, something yeah. to do. And I think that it, it helped our mental health to, yep. like, like Heather said, a family. Uh-huh. Like, you had somewhere to go. You had somewhere safe to be. I think that Elwood is lacking in helping its youth. Uh-huh. Our sports programs are shit. Yep. Our athletics into high school are now shit because of it. Yeah. You don't have these kids. That I, can you remember? The YMCA is a mess. Oh, yeah. They're throwing people out for cussing <laughs> at kids. It's a fucking joke. Um, but, no. Can you remember going to a basketball game when we were in, like, middle school? Yeah. The stands were, like, the coolest fucking kids. It was all... Everyone Everyone, everyone went. was there. Everyone was there on a everyone Friday. Everyone went to... You always went to things, um, and like, yeah, and I like, or even just like you said, youth sports. Like, everyone's parents put them in baseball, and every parent helped. You had yeah. thirty fucking Karens in the back going, "Oh, coach, I'll be in the dugout." Now yeah, they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. "I'm sorry, I can't, I can't help you with the concession stands for an hour." Yeah. yeah, thanks, appreciate it. Don't worry, we'll fucking run the whole thing by ourselves. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I'll yeah. sponsor the team. I'll fucking coach the team, and I'll fucking so it sounds like run the concession. It sounds like. Like we all need to come together for the kids and stuff. For the way. kids, they are they yeah. are the future. You know what I mean? <laughs> you like just wanted to, as you bullshit just wanted to as that is, yeah. American Idol is this on American uh, Idol podcast? Um, but we have got to focus on the youth yeah, here. Yeah. I wish that we would bring in a boys and girls club, or yeah. I wish that we would bring in a biz, like not another building that has to do with housing or things like that. Like if you want your, like, if you want your town to flourish, you have to start out with the mental health of these young kids who need somewhere safe to be. They need something positive to do. We need to work on, I would love to see something like that be implemented into this town. I would love to see our sports flourish again. I don't know what that means though, because I'm not one of those people. I know when I coach teams with my husband or with my dad or things like that yeah. in the past, that there were more kids that were there for a hug yeah. than there were there to learn how to catch a ball. Yeah. So I would like to see more programs be implemented in for our youth, not only for just the youth themselves, but like for the parents attached to these youth. Yeah, you. Have, I did what was called the mom's club. It was just this goofy thing where I'd go in to have lunch, which I can't now, but I would go into these lunches with the kids and go out and play on the playground with them and talk to them yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. just be there. You know what I mean? And we need more of that here. If we, we can do. do that here, if we can implement something like that here, we're going to see more kids that when they go off to college, they want to come back here and they want to grow business here and they yeah. want to grow their families here. But you hear so many people that say, well, no, I'm not going to stay here because there's a family. I don't want to have a family here. Yeah. That's, I hear that so much and it breaks my heart. Um, and I want to see people think of Elwood something other than the little KKK town, yeah. because if we're being honest about what it is, I will have clients who are black who are nervous to be here. Yeah. And I don't want that to be what people think of what is any yeah. longer. I want them to see this like new age. I want to see 
business owners of every ethnicity. I want to see yeah. every ethnicity running our school boards and running our city councils. Yeah, yeah. And I want to see like diversity and like yeah. just a bigger picture so yeah. that these kids have an idea of what I saw in Kokomo. Yeah. But, but it sounds like, yeah, this, it starts, like you said, it starts with the kids so that the families of these different ethnicities and different, um, persuasions or whatever are wanting uh, to be here in the first they place their families and here. feel comfortable having their kids. Cause here. that would's great. Yeah. I is. wouldn't have in I wouldn't be making a third of the money <laughs> that I could make in a city 30 minutes away Yeah, and donating all the time and the energy and the money and the yeah. things that I do to this community. If I didn't fully believe it at 100%, yeah. I yeah. just feel like we have to change our focus. We have to yeah. quit worrying about what economically we can bring here right now and yeah. go back to the basis of like what creates a family that wants to stay here. Cause if you yeah. don't have families that want to be here, if yeah. you don't have anybody that wants to live in your city, a city's a business. Yeah. You have to have customers. Yeah. And the only way to have customers that are buying your city is to give them something to want to buy. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why we travel so much. We want to go and rent an electric bicycle yeah. and go, you know what I mean? On a yeah. 30 minute ride through the dunes. We yeah. can't do that. You can't, yeah, totally. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for sure. Well, we're going to, we're going to work together in, in the future in ways to, to make this happen. Well, do you have anything? I know you have things you want to ask me, but anything <laughs> like short you get that you want to talk about that we haven't talked about? You feel good. I feel good about this. I feel really good about this. I know you're. I'm a little glad nervous. that I was a little more you, interesting than I thought I was. You did great. I don't think I'm an interesting you, person. This at was all. great, and I just wanted to to hear the origin story of your business and uh, to hear about what it's like to be a parent in this town. Um, so I appreciate you for being here. Yeah, I appreciate you. All right, goodbye, everyone. La, 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 la.